Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The Monster Truck Gravedigger celebrates its 40th anniversary at Monster Jam this Saturday at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. I spoke to driver Adam Anderson, who took over driving Gravedigger from his father, Dennis, who built the iconic monster truck in 1982. Hey, thanks for joining us, Adam. Man, thanks for having us on. Uh, I can't tell you how excited we are for this event, man. Uh, first time ever there. One of the closest to home for us. Uh, I- I'm pumped for this. Now, you say closest to home for you. Where, where are you based? Where is it based out of? We're right out of the Outer Banks. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a ride, but we're not very far away. For This is the probably the biggest venue uh, this close to home that we're going to do. So, that's uh, that's pretty exciting for us. Yeah, it's the spot of the Washington football team. I guess what the commanders now, we haven't even called them that for a season yet, but I'm trying to make the transition. Uh, how does it work when, you, when you're on a big football field like that? Obviously, you don't want to tear up the field that the football team plays on. So do you guys put down your own field or how, how does it work? No, absolutely. So they, they come in with, uh, with a, a type of product to lay over top of the grass. The, the entire field will be underneath of there. Um, they'll cover the entire field and then uh, – to protect it, but then come on top of it. And we then cover it with hundreds of thousands of yards of dirt. And uh, it, it's a pretty unbelievable process. And the dirt crew is probably some of the hardest workers. They're there, they're the first ones there uh, loading into the event and, and they're the last ones out uh, loading out the event. But uh, you know, they got it down to a science now. You come in there and then um, you, we roll in, we roll out and it's, uh, you just gotta mow the grass when we're done. <laughs> awesome. I always wondered how that worked, but cool. Uh, well, awesome. Well, um, remind us uh, who walked. So obviously you're driving Gravedigger. How, how long have you, how long have you been driving Gravedigger? Cause that's a legendary vehicle. <laughs> yeah. So I, I myself have been driving Gravedigger since 2015. Um, but I've drove other trucks along the way. My father is Dennis Anderson, the creator of Gravedigger, um, which actually this year is the 40th anniversary for Gravedigger. Uh, and so we're kind of celebrating that. And uh, that's why I think this kind of makes us a little bit special. Like I said, we're kind of close to home. So we're going to have a lot of people that uh, from our area even coming up there. Um, and we're also my brother is going to be there driving the son of a digger truck. Um, there's another a couple of local guys from the Maryland area, Virginia area um, that are going to be there. The Saigon Shaker monster truck is going to be there. They're from Delaware. Um, and, and there's just uh, all kinds of heavy hitters out there. The Great Clips Mohawk Warrior is going to be there. I mean, anybody and everybody you see on Monster Jam, on television, or in all the YouTube channels, uh, that's who's going to be there. That's awesome. And I got to hear that story about that your dad is the one that invented Gravedigger. It's funny, like, that. that's crazy because it, it's it's so ubiquitous in our culture. Everybody knows the, the name Gravedigger. And when you think of Monster Jam, you think of two things. You think of like commercials saying Sunday, 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 or I guess in this case, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Um, but then you think of Gravedigger. Uh, how did your dad invent this? Like, I need to know this. Like, did, did Monster Jam exist before Gravedigger or did they both sort of come around the same time? No, actually, this year is the 30th anniversary for Monster Jam and the 40th for Gravedigger. Uh, so uh, my dad was around before then. There's a couple of other trucks uh, that were there in the beginning. But my dad, he came from uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. Uh, he was there and worked on a farm. He was not, he did not have any money whatsoever. And he was just basically taking old junk parts of whether it was old trucks, but also farm equipment to piece these things together. Um, and the farmers, the, the owner of the farm, his son, had all the newest, the best, brand new tires, the new truck, the lift kits, anything you could have that you could buy, he had it. 
And uh, he came in one day and my dad was working in the granary and he was talking smack to my dad. And my dad said, I'm going to take this old junk and dig you a grave. And all the other workers in the granary that day started hooping and hollering. And they, uh, and they started calling him grave digger from that day out. And that, that weekend, he went out there on that weekend and uh, kicked his butt out in the field uh, with his old junk truck. And then he went home that night and spray painted grave digger on the side of it. Wow. That's an awesome story. And, and if in case we have any, you know, diehard car folks or you know gearheads uh dive into sort of the the specs of that original truck and then and then you know versus you know maybe how it's evolved over the years and sort of the specs on the truck now absolutely so in the beginning all the trucks were they were steel bodied trucks and it was basically you took your regular truck because the parts weren't readily available you had to make your own stuff to make these big trucks so my dad's very first grave digger was on combine tires it was a 1951 Ford pickup truck. It had a 327 Chevrolet motor in it out of a car that he had. And then he had two transmissions in it to make up for the gearing. And it, the chassis, he had gotten an old Jeep Kaiser and used the Jeep Kaiser chassis with these big military axles underneath of it. So it was just all this crazy stuff that he had rigged up together to basically have no money, not that much power, but he needed to turn some tires that were really big. Um, and it just progressed from there. Um, he built a second truck that was bigger and he got, was, got a little bit more money. Then he got a bigger motor. Then he got bigger drivetrain. And then, then he got the bigger tires, which are what you have to have now is a 66 inch tall, 43 inch wide tire to be considered a monster jam truck. Um, and my grandparents helped him get his first set. And I think it was like 1985, I think 84, maybe. Um, and, and the rest was history from there. Now, they're fully engineered chassis, all designed, uh, you know, all CAD designed. Most of them are basically, it's almost like it's printed out of a machine now. It's not, it's all hand welded still, but it's a pretty unbelievable process. And all the parts are specifically produced for monster trucks now. That's so cool. So wait, so if your dad's doing this, you know, you know, when you're growing up, are you, are you going to all the different, you know, uh, monster truck rallies and competitions like are you watching from the stands or are you down there in the pit with them or tell me about you know what it was like growing up knowing your dad was gravedigger <laughs> honestly it was super normal to me because that was just my dad's job i didn't think nothing of it it's all i ever knew my entire life uh, he created gravedigger in 1982 created me in 1985 and it's been my entire life from the beginning and yes i was there on the track as a young kid um when I say on the track, I was sitting in the seats. Most of the time I was sleeping uh, because it was past my bedtime, but it was all good. Then, uh, you know, once I got older, then I would work on the trucks with my dad summertime. You know, once school started, I had to focus on school. But uh, during the summer, I would go out on the road. Sometimes I'd stay out for a month or so at a time with my dad, uh, working on the trucks, running the roads, having fun. And then once I graduated, then it, it was it was all on. Then I went on the road full time. Uh, and, uh, the, my very first year, I think I was home maybe two months out of the entire year and I was gone the rest of the time working on the trucks and stuff. So it was uh, a pretty unbelievable thing. Uh, and to travel the world, I've been to 28 different countries now, every state except for Alaska. And, uh, it, it's really, uh, been an unbelievable, uh, a, a, I guess a living or, uh, it's just my life, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was, you were basically born to do it and you're living it out. It's, that's pretty awesome. Not many people know their passion that early, but you, you know, you, you got it honestly, as they say. Yeah. Uh, well, talk about, um, why is it so cool, you know, for, you know, for our audiences listening to this to come out and see one of these things? Like what, what, why do you think it is just, why do you think it's just like on some 
instinctual natural level that we all love watching cars get crushed by trucks <laughs> why is it it's, so awesome? i don't I, you know it's it's the, it's the thrill the excitement but the biggest thing to me now is um you know the accessibility that we have in comparison to the beginning um whether you know through social media through uh you know youtube through streaming you can watch monster jam on tv everywhere you can watch gravedigger anywhere and everywhere in the world right now but until you see it live, it's a different story. And you can have all these Gravedigger toys. You can have this and that. But when you, that little kid comes to that show and he's got that Gravedigger toy in his hand and he walks up there and he can see the real thing, it's, uh, it's just awe-inspiring to him, but not only the parents. Because anybody wants to give that to their kids. They want their kids to have everything they can give them. Well, to give them the real grave digger live and in person. But then also I've seen the parents become the fans. Then afterwards you watch the live event. It's so thrilling. It's so unexpected as to what's going to happen that they, that they keep coming back. I, I still push the kids down to the side and they're up cheering, standing out of their seats. Oh yeah. There's probably, there's one thing to see it on TV or own an action figure toy or whatever, but to hear the sounds of the roaring engines and the crunching cars, even smell, I'm sure the gas. And I mean, it's, it's, it's probably being there in person. It's, it's, it's a whole separate thing. Um, has there been a, um, you know, we talked about from the, from the audience perspective, watching in the stands, the cool of the crunching and the sounds and everything, but how about for you in there behind the actual wheel? Like, has there been a time where, maybe it, it it throttled her you or or sort of threw you the most like was there at one time where you were like holy crap that was that was a little too close for comfort that was a little <laughs> a little crazy <laughs> i think that's every single weekend of my life for the past <laughs> 17 years but uh, but at the same time once you're out there you're in front of the, all of these people uh last weekend we're in foxborough massachusetts sold out at patriot place completely sold out crowd and i'm out there just going nuts in this truck, doing all these crazy stunts, doing backflips, doing uh, saves, wheelies, all this stuff. You do, you do not care what is happening in that moment. You're so focused and your adrenaline is pumping so hard to basically be the best show off there is that nothing can stop you in that moment until you hit the dirt. Then you come to and you're like, oh, wow, that was a, maybe that was a bit much. But it always, uh, whether you, you land it or you don't land it, you always come out a hero. What's the craziest stunt that you think you've done? You mentioned, you know, backflips. You've mentioned like a lot. You rattled off a bunch sort of in general terms, but is there a specific one? Like were, were you, a certain number of cars at the same time that you've jumped or, you know what I mean? Like what, what is yeah, there? Yeah, I've actually, yeah, I actually, I, I hold the world record for the most monster jam trucks jumped. Like I jumped over other monster jam trucks. Um, and honestly, they said, you know, eight is what I had to do. And I'm like, that's not that bad. I didn't think until I actually saw all eight of them sitting in a row. And I'm like, oh boy, this is, uh, this is a little farther than I thought. Um, and it was massive. So it, it actually, there's, there's pictures, there's video. It was a part of Discovery Channel, actually uh, breaking world records. And uh, I, I saw pictures of it afterwards and it dwarfed tractor trailers that were lined down the backside of it. It made them look small <laughs> when I was jumping these other trucks. Um, and but once again, even though it was that one moment, that one hit, the adrenaline was just, uh, the adrenaline gland was stuck wide open. My throttle was stuck wide open. And so I had the throttle wide open on the truck to be able to make the jump. And uh, it, it was pretty intense. That's, that's pretty wild. And I assume, you know, 
you know, the, the safety stuff Like you got a cage in there. I'm sure, I'm sure there's like the safety describe sort of the safety harnesses because, you know, we, well, we saw you're, you're the son of a famous driver. And then of course we saw a NASCAR with the Earnhardt and Earnhardt Jr. That tragedy. But um, so speaking from like the son of a famous driver, like what, how, how do they have it outfitted in there to make sure that, you know, you're as secure as possible. Are you wearing a helmet? Are you wearing a seatbelt? You know, like give us the safety stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it is. And that's kind of, you know, what my dad had a part in and just kind of like the Earnhardt stuff and developing what uh, not not only what externally Monster Jam trucks are, but internally for the driver, the safety, the handling. Um, everybody has their own specific tailored seat for themselves and you're fully contained. When I say fully contained, you're, you're wearing your fire suit, you're, you're wearing a head and neck restraint, you have your helmet on, but the seat actually wraps around you. There, there's shoulder harness, there's shoulder pads, that are built into the seat that wrap around your shoulders. There's there's pieces that come around your helmet to hold your head. So basically when you were in the truck, you, if you could imagine sitting in your vehicle, next time somebody, you just sit in your vehicle, don't move your head, don't move your torso, move your eyes to see everything. And that's all we have. Um, you can move your arms and your feet and that's about it, but uh, you're fully contained in this thing. Um, so you feel like you can get away with anything. And, and most of the time you can, it's, uh, it, it bumps you up, bruises you up, just like you would think anything would when you take a 12,000 pound truck and you fall from the air, say 30 feet, you're going to feel it. Yeah. You're absolutely going to feel that the next day and the next day, but we're actually, we're fine. We're okay. It's, uh, and, uh, the roll cages are just unbelievable in these things. Now we have specifically built bars in the truck just for doing backflips, um, just in case we don't land it. So it's, uh, you know, the, the safety in these things is unbelievable now in comparison to what they were in the beginning. My dad had indoor outdoor carpet and uh, Thunderbird seats in his first one and an A-track player. So and this is, uh, <laughs> he was little, yeah, that dad was, was more uh, what, evil Knievel risk taker there. Now that, he, I he mean, was that we, we have home home. We have home videos and pictures of uh, dad with his. You can see the truck jumping and his hip is in the window inside window. So <laughs> my gosh. He's lucky. Yeah. I mean, he's lucky he you know, made it through so much. And, uh, but that's really cool that it's, you know, obviously with each passing year, I'm sure they outfit it and it gets even safer. And that's really cool that you, that you've been doing it for so long. Well, that's sort of the inside of the truck, but the outside talk about sort of the, the iconic, you know, paint, like the logo, like, you know, the, the paint job with the skull and the, the font and all that, like who does that? Yeah. And so, and honestly, the, what the, the coolest thing is, is that this truck, uh, that Gravedigger for the past 40 years has been hand painted every single one of them. And, um, so, uh, we have actually built 41 grave diggers. Um, and, uh, but every truck has had more than one body. That's for dang sure. You get to see all these videos of us, uh, crashing the trucks, rolling over and it damages the bodies. Um, so it takes, uh, there's one man that paints it. His name is Jim McShay. Um, he's been doing it now for 20 years. The original painter, uh, artist, he, he passed away. But what Jim McShay's been what doing was it the original. What was the original, if you don't mind? His name was Fred Buman, and he was from the uh, right around the Chesapeake area. Okay. And um, he was a uh, he he was a crazy guy. He he helped create the artwork on the original truck. Um, but it takes about fifty man hours to do one of these bodies, to just the body itself, and then I can destroy it in maybe fifty. 30, I probably do it in 10 seconds, honestly. And uh, <laughs> if you feel terrible because it's a, it's a true work of art. Uh, whereas a majority of all of the other monster trucks in the world are all wrapped. And uh, you know, some of them have a little bit of hand paint and stuff on them, but nothing like what the grave digger does. Um, and, and it's based off of a 1950 Chevrolet panel truck. 
Um, so it's kind of a retro thing that my dad has always kept. And uh, there's always this really cool story. His first hauling rig that he built, it started life as a school bus. And uh, he was sitting back in his little shop and he was looking at the front of the truck and it just didn't seem right. It had these nice, awesome flames on the hood and all this stuff. And the headlights looked weird in it to him. So he thought about it and he's like, man, I'm gonna take these red lights out of this school bus and put in the truck. And so ever since then, it's kind of been this thing. Um, as long as both those red headlights are on and they're in the truck that uh, Gravedigger's 100%, we're bringing our A game. Oh, it's the school bus lights. It's just, as long as you don't add the little, you know, retractable stop sign that comes off the side. <laughs> yeah. Looks, looks the same. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could use that for the competitors, maybe. Right, exactly. Uh, re real quick. So you mentioned the original paint, paint the car truck painter. It was uh, the guy that passed away. He was from Chesapeake, Virginia area. Uh, how about the the new guy? Where Where's he based out of? So he was, he was based out of, uh, originally right around, around Vineland, New Jersey, and then uh, he had a hot rod shop, and it was kind of his part-time gig, but now uh, now uh, he is uh, full-time. That is all he does is paint gravedigger bodies awesome. constantly. I I'm sure he dreads it every time, um, but he, he paints. I don't even know how many a year that he does. I know myself this year. I think I've gone through five of them so far, right. um, and I know that my, my sister, she also drives a gravedigger truck, and she has uh, definitely wrecked more than I have, um, and my youngest brother, uh, Weston Anderson, he's just 20 years old and he is, uh, he just started his first season and he's wrecked quite a few this year too. So wait, wait, so hang on a second. So you said your sister drives a grave digger truck and your younger brother, you said, so are there, yep. are you all three, uh, do you like take turns in the same we, different tours, different tours? No, no, no. We have, uh, we have this year, there was five, uh, five grave diggers competing around the nation. Uh, there was myself and I ran on one of the stadium tours. Um, and then there was my sister and she runs on the, the arena tours where it's the, the smaller venues, um, they, where they build the tracks. And then my youngest brother, Weston Anderson, he also did the smaller venues. I think my sister was like on the, the mid, mid, uh, Midwest tour. Weston, uh, was on the East coast tour. Um, and then there's, uh, one of my buddies I went to high school with Brandon Vinson. He was on the West coast tour. Um, and then my, like I said, my brother, Ryan Anderson, he does drive the son of a digger truck, which is a little bit of a spinoff of family, a family deal that we created, uh, quite some years back now. And he is competing in that truck. And he was on a different tour than I was in the middle of the season for the point series, but he is going to be at this show this weekend. They don't put Ryan and I together at too many shows because, uh, we, we do, uh, might do a little too much sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> and the, the people love it, but the, the budget, the budget doesn't. Wow, exactly. Awesome. You mentioned some of all your, your other competitors that you compete against. Who who would you say has been the the biggest foe or nemesis for Gravedigger over the years? If there was another truck that's given Gravedigger a run for its money, who's your biggest competitor? <laughs> I, it's, it's always been, and uh, it, it's Max D, Maximum Destruction. Um, my, he, he started a rivalry with my dad. My dad, uh, he retired in 2016, I think it was, and uh, even up until then, uh, it was a constant battle back and forth with him. Uh, and it still is, it still is. Uh, um, I had him all year this year and it was just, uh, it was unbelievable. And how does the point system work? Cause you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the point series we've seen, you know, there's photos of you holding trophies for winning various things. How does it work? Because a lot of people just think it's, you know, to steal a phrase that you just go and watch the massive, massive. Yeah. Production. <laughs> but so, um, and, so, and the way they, and sometimes the way they aired on TV, it confuses people. So that there's actually, 
you know, th so that everybody knows about the freestyle competition and that's where you see all the highlight moments most of the time, as far as, you know, the backflips, all the crazy stunts and things like that. But, um, we, there's, there is racing. So people get confused. They think they're going to come to the event and there won't be, it's going to be one or the other. It's right. not like that. That's just the way they film it. It's always racing and there's always freestyle, but there's also this new thing that's been developed in the past couple of years. Uh, and, and it's called the skills challenge. And that, that comes after racing where you try specific stunts. You have two attempts to try to do um, whatever it may be. If you're balancing the truck on the front two wheels, the side wheels, uh, maybe doing a sidewall donut. Um, but in racing, it's just a bracket. You start with the 12 trucks that are going to be there this weekend. Um, you work your way through the bracket and, uh, for every round you go, you earn points. Um, and, and it's the same for the skills competition. All, tw all 12 trucks will compete in the skills competition, uh, given their best attempts at doing, uh, their best, uh, wh whatever it may be like a stoppy, uh, the moonwalks that we call them now where you drive the truck on the front two wheels backwards, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. You try to get the most points in that. And then, uh, then it leads up into the freestyle event where it's the same thing. The judges, you as a fan can interact, you download, you put the app on your phone and you can actually vote, um, for your favorite, not necessarily for your favorite, but you should vote for, for what you're seeing for the most skill, uh, the craziest stunts, um, and you can actually vote and then it comes up and then, uh, they, that's how it's based off of the winner and the placement for you in the freestyle competition. So you can, we, somebody can win each individual event, but then there's the overall event championship, which is when, uh, they basically take the points from the entire night. And if you had the best average, um, on everything and then, and then you can be the overall event winner. Nice. Now, do they crown like a champ, a monster jam champion for like the year as well? They like do. They do. And, and for each tour that I spoke about earlier, the ones like my, my youngest brother, he was on the East coast arena tour, um, doing all the smaller venues. And so, um, for example, he, he, throughout the year, you do all those competitions at every show and it, you're building points all year. They, they keep a tally of those points for the entire year. And when you get to the end, um, you know, obviously whoever has the most points is the, is the, uh, the series champion. Um, and, uh, it's, so it's, it's a long road. It's, uh, from January until May, it was this year and every single weekend. Uh, and so it's, uh, it was an unbelievable chase. I was winning my series this year. Um, and then I blew an engine, uh, mid season, and then I lost the transmission, the next event. Um, so it brought me back in the points way back, but I came all the way back up and almost got it. I got in second place, um, on my series. And of course, Max D knocked me out. So it was kind of a bummer, but, uh, it was a good chase and I, and I put forth all the effort and, uh, but the crew behind us is unbelievable to working on these trucks. It's, it's crazy. People think we have spare trucks at the events because you'll crash and you could crash it and race and do cartwheel it, all this stuff. And then you come back out for the next event. I wish we had another truck. We could jump right in. No, the crew is back there busting tail, trying to get it back on the track. Wow. That, that it's, this is so fascinating to me. It's like this whole, whole competition more than a lot of, a lot of people don't even realize the actual point system and stuff. That's why I wanted to lay that out. Well, real quick. Um, I just want to make sure I have this for, you know, for my sake, for the article and stuff. Um, you said that Gravedigger is in its 40th anniversary, so it predates Monster Jam, which has been what 30 years, you said something like that. So, <laughs> so what I guess my question is, what, what, where did your dad compete with Gravedigger before Monster Jam? Was it just other like little um promotions? 
Yeah, and there was, and there was other promotions that were in the beginning that were larger ones, but it all stemmed from in the beginning, tractor pulling was the main attraction. Right. Um, that so it was a monster trucks were a side act to tractor pulling, like well, mud, bo mud bogs and tractor and mud bogs. That that's of right. Exa exactly. That that was monster trucks were kind of just the side act to those events. Um, but then once the technology and the monster trucks started to, to develop, the entertainment value then began to develop um, and people were coming to see those trucks. But not only that, the accessibility they have to us as competitors, drivers, teams, um, there's no other sport in the world. No, Motorsport, um, uh, physical sport, there is nothing out there that has the access like we do. We have pit parties at our events that last for five hours and you come out, you can meet us. And we, we're there the entire time. It's not like we're there and we get a break and we leave and come back and hanging out. We're there the entire time taking pictures with fans, signing autographs right by the truck. And, and there's no other sport in the world that does that. And I think that's the biggest growth we had. And that's when, uh, you know, the promoters kind of, it was just a single event and they called it Monster Jam. Uh, and it went over so well that it kind of just developed into what the brand, what the name is. Uh, you know, when people think of Monster Trucks now, you people automatically can just say monster jam. It may not be monster jam, but that's just the first thought in their head. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess before we run, this is just super cool. And it's cool that we're talking on the 40th anniversary. It's like good timing. It's a low, a semi-local success story, you know, cause we're, you know, we cover Virginia's in our listening area. So Chesapeake, Virginia, like, yeah, it's, it's just a really cool uh, story. And we're glad, I'm glad you joined us. Um, I, 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 your dad is, I, he's still with us, right? I mean, Dennis. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah he what, is. What's he up to these days? Does he ever come watch you? Do, what, you know, does he follow he, it closely? He, he, he does. He does randomly, but he's he says he's just uh, living through us still. And uh, because he he got to run the roads for, you know, 30, 35, 36 years of his life. Um, so now we're doing it for him. And uh, he does come to some of the events. He goes to my younger. I've been doing it for 17 years. So we competed against each other at events. So it's not that it's not a big deal. But now that my younger siblings are out there. Um, their first years, he goes out, he's a nervous wreck while they're out there and he's out there trying to coach them and all he's doing is aggravating all of us. But, uh, he, he does an <laughs> unbelievable job with that. And he's been, um, he, he's, he is retired, but at the same time, he's not, um, he, he's developed this new, uh, this new thing where you can actually do a ride along with him. He's got a race truck that he's built that has three seats in it. So it's, ah. it, you could honestly compete with it. Right now, it's a competition Monster Jam style truck that has three seats in it. And he's been doing ride experiences um, at our shop here at Digger's Dungeon in uh, right here in the Outer Banks. And uh, so that's what he, he's been doing in his so-called retirement time. And he just couldn't uh, he, he still needed a fix, I guess. And he needed a little bit of action. But now you can just ride along with him and get some action, too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad that he, it's cool he's doing that. And I'm glad you're carrying on the legacy um, I assume around his house and probably your house, uh, that tons of probably grave digger swag and plaques and stuff, right? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So, and, and that's what we're in, in, in the midst of, uh, develop there's a new museum because there's so much stuff now. Wait, where's um, the museum? Where, it's right here. It's going to be right here in the outer banks of digger's dungeon, right on the way to the outer banks. You can't miss it. Um, and you'll see the truck on the nose out there. We got a grave digger truck that looks like it's crashing out into the highway almost. And uh, it's going to be right there. So and, and that's where everything is. We've got rides uh, for the kids. We've got a we've got Digger's Diner. 
Uh, there's a, a gift shop with all the Monster Jam uh, apparel in it. So it's a pretty cool deal. It is its own, uh, what do you, cottage industry now, man. It's its own, yeah. brand. It's its own brand. It's got <laughs> diners and museums. It's, that's awesome. Uh, well, we appreciate you joining us. I didn't even know we'd talk this long, but you're, you're, you got the gift of gab, my friend. This is freaking great. Um, it's, uh, again, it's called, uh, it's the Monster Jam. It's coming to FedEx Field in Landover uh, on June 11th, uh, this Saturday. So get your tickets now at monsterjam.com. Uh, Adam Anderson, son of Dennis Anderson, uh, the family of Gravedigger on the 40th anniversary. What could be cooler than that? <laughs> thanks so much for doing this, man. Thanks for thanks for having us on, man. I, I'm I'm glad I'm glad to be a part of it. All right. Well, thanks so much. I'm gonna hop off here before you you know you you run over our 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 microphone with that truck. <laughs> you got it. You got it. All right, later, buddy. All right, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.